Well, hello, 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 and welcome shalom, to the Outpouring. Shalom. And welcome to the Outpouring Fellowship Podcast. We're talking to Thomas Pierce, who helps host Equipping Ecclesia on Sunday mornings. Um, so, yeah. More. Good to be with you guys. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Oh, it's, a, it's such an honor. It's such an honor. But before we get into that, let's uh, make sure that we tell people how they can get in touch with us and whatnot. Yes. So, of course, you can watch this live on Rumble. Um, <clears throat> Rumble.com slash C slash C dash. Lord have mercy. Uh, <laughs> 296-6394 slash live. Or you can help us out even more by subscribing there. That way I can actually claim a decent URL. <laughs> help us out, people. <laughs> or you can just listen anytime on your favorite podcast app. Just look us up. Outpouring Fellowship. Um, you can reach myself or Caleb via email at outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me um, or Caleb on Instagram at Caleb underscore meal myself on telegram at Matthew 76 by the way the background music through the entire thing will be indie folk background by Kale productions so that's what awesome you need to stuff. know awesome stuff perfect awesome stuff. cue the music the music cut off right after you said that all right, okay, let me uh, get all set, settled here. All right, so, like I said, this uh, podcast is, we. this episode will be about uh, getting to know uh, Thomas Pierce here. So again, we thank you that he was able to come here and uh, join uh, for the avail available uh, time that he had with, uh, with us, so we, we really appreciate it. Uh, so Thomas, just uh, tell us a little about you. The floor is yours. Uh, we just want, we want to know how it it kind of started. Where how how you got to know what led you to become a follower of Jesus? What uh, how you got to meet Russ with the Omega Kingdom Ministry? Uh, how the uh, the show Equipping Ecclesia uh, got started, and and, right. and and what you guys are currently doing right now, and what has the Lord actually shown you uh, to be prepared for days to come? All right, it's all well, yours. I'm not used to being on the other end of the microphone. Usually, I'm doing the, doing the questioning, so I'll I'll uh, try to delve deep into my memory here. Uh, I go. I'm 58 years old, so I, I won't give you the whole long version. Don't worry. But uh, <laughs> I grew up Roman Catholic. Uh, 12 years of uh, high school, grade school, all the nuns and priests, everything, the whole shebang. Wow. So, um, pretty. Uh, Pretty intense, uh, pretty confusing, as you would think, uh, with all of the doctrine and all of the the stuff and the kind of the legality of your of religion. And I really struggled with that. I I go back to my 13th year going to confession every week because I felt like I got to I got to get rid of this sin that's on my life. And the way I understand God is I've got to go to confession and tell the priest everything I can think of to make sure I made a good confession. But it wasn't enough. I felt like, man, if this is God, I can't please, I can't please him. So kind of gave up at 13 and lived my teen years pretty much the way I wanted to. Uh, then my early 20s came. I was about to get married. Responsibility just came 
rushing back onto my life. And it was like, I was like an obsessive thinker at that point in my life. It was like I was going through the same old thing again. And that marriage didn't work out. But because that was such a deep, dark pit in my life, that's when I found Jesus. That's when I, I, needed a, I knew I needed the Savior. I knew I needed help because uh, that was such a dark period in my life. And he saved me. He came. There was a guy I worked with. People said, hey, watch out for that guy. He's a born-again Christian. And I, I I was like, oh, I'm not afraid of him. I'm a Catholic. I'm from the one true church, you know? <laughs> That's what we were taught as Catholics. Oh, you're from the one true church. Well, okay, whatever. We didn't really study the Bible that much, but we, we just went with it. And uh, I walk up to the guy. I said, hey, I hear you're Christian. And he, he said, yeah. I said, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> he said, oh, I used to be Catholic too. I'm like, what? What happened? How could you walk away from Catholicism, the one true church? <laughs> he said, well, you know what? He told me this story. He was up in his room. He had this little amulet of Mary. He heard this voice that said, uh, I'm not there. That's not me. And he came to the Lord because of that powerful uh, um, moment in his life. And he led me to the Lord. And uh, all other things were going on that other circumstances. My sister was part of that too, leading me to the Lord. But it was like uh, Edge of the Dream. There was this old uh, White Heart song in the 80s. You, you guys probably are unfamiliar with 80s band, <laughs> Christian bands. Well, Edge of the Dream. You might be That's surprised. Like. <laughs> really? <laughs> you might be, might be surprised. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My Right after my parents met, they actually came across a fledgling Christian station uh, which out here was called KLRD. It's now part of Air One. Mm -hmm. It actually became Air One. So, like, they, and they came across the station as they were, I think they were driving back up from San Diego, because my, my dad's from San Diego. And they, they came across it at the same time, so they signaled each other. They were in different cars. And get <laughs> off to the side of the road, and they're like, did you just find a Christian station? <laughs> <laughs> it's called Air so, One? Yeah. Now, yeah. Yeah, I was in D.C., um, and I think my wife had a station called Air One on the radio when we were in D.C. Interesting. They're they're all over the place. They're part of Salem Broadcasting now. Okay. Them and Caleb. Yeah, Caleb I'm pretty familiar with, but this was this Air One was new to me at that point. Air Air One is more geared for the younger set than Caleb is. Caleb is more about worship and, uh, like... I don't want to say Air, Air One's edgy, but they focus more on the younger bands. Okay, mm. that's good. Um, yeah. So, you know, growing up, it was DC Talk. Um, yeah. Petra a little bit, though Petra yeah. had kind of petered out by then. They go way back um, to the 70s, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, oh, my my dad was reeling to Striper for a minute. <laughs> Yeah. There you go, 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Not, I was just listening to that song by Whiteheart the other day, Edge of the Dream, because I was, at that point in my life, I had already felt the Lord call me to Salvation Army Ministry. I was, after I became a Christian, I started looking for a new church. I had already come out, I was already coming out of Catholicism because my spirit was 
you know, the spirit was speaking to me about kneeling before the communion wafer because of the transubstantiation, how the Catholics believe that it's mm -hmm. the actual body and blood of Jesus. And you're actually kneeling before it, worshiping the wafer, you know? It, so that- it's, it's a little weird, but I mean, you know, I, I grew up part Lutheran, so not oh, yeah, far. Yeah. Not, not far too far. Catholic. Yeah, he right. just oh, Luther right. stopped. Luther stopped just short of mm. saying transubstantiation. He, he said the presence him it was is co. above and below and around. Yeah, the it host, was co-substantiation. You know? co oh, that's Luther. good. That's that's a new word to me. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I grew up part Lutheran and part in the vineyard. Wow, <laughs> talk about some balance there, right? <laughs> How'd you pull that off? <laughs> well, we were going to vineyard, and my grandma was very Lutheran. So we went to Lutheran schools. There we go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was. I I would regularly get into arguments with Lutheran pastors. <laughs> oh, I bet that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Baptism, I... communion, whether the gifts still operate. You know. <laughs> yep. Yep. Anytime I mean, it came up, I'm like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. It, I checked it was, out. Like, it was, I checked it out. When was I was like coming this... out of Catholicism, I thought yeah. this might be a good place to land. I checked out Lutheranism, I Assembly of God, Methodism, mm -hmm. a bunch of denominations, but nothing said to me, this is where you belong. And, right, right. Mm -hmm. and, and with me, I was like, it, it was kind of like, I was kind of all over the place. I, I wouldn't say all over the place, but in a sense, like more Wesleyan, then like more, and then when I moved from New York to South Carolina, uh, it was, I was surrounded by Baptists. That's so I just joined, you know, Baptist uh, congregations, and then it was more church hopping one after another, um, and, and and all that. I went to a Baptist college. I mean, I loved it there. I really did. But even yeah. I got even there, I got interesting conversations. And and as I was growing and learning about uh, the supernatural, the Hebrew roots, and under, trying to understand all that, I would get into interesting conversations. Some agreed, some didn't. And yeah. so, yeah, it was just always a conversation. It was all part of the growth. It was all part of me trying to get a stand up. What do you believe? what is in the word and then you're questioning okay if this is true why aren't we doing this so things like yeah, that so true that's and the lord gave us all a background of different things mm -hmm. to bring forward into ministry didn't right it? pretty wonderful when you look back at it right? yeah yeah brought us all here mm -hmm. right it brought us all yeah. we all came from in a way we lord would put us in these situations to uh uh train us to stand you know stand firm and you know what we've been taught and then get us to this all this point from all and with all three of us and, and many more uh bring yeah. it all to the table and then mm -hmm. with and as we're conversing with one another and this is what i've been learning as this is what this is what jesus wants us to do we all come from different areas bring everything that we've learned and now we gotta be, now we have to uh allow jesus to teach us how to bring everything to his throne room because he's yeah. the head mm -hmm. right he'll make everything Absolutely. clear in, in time mm -hmm. We, we but we can't allow you know things to divide us you know right. and we've and there's been too many divisions we have like forty five thousand denominations we're crying out loud it's that's ridiculous. such an excellent point isn't it because uh, um if if you notice every every church that i've been to one of the things that they tried to do was tell people why they were right and everybody else was wrong <laughs> right yep mm. there's been too much of that hasn't there yeah haven't we had enough of that yeah there absolutely has been yeah and we need to kind of, I think we need to kind of turn over a new leaf in that regard. And even with Ecclesia, the temptation is to say, well, 
we have this revelation now that the Lord wants to take us back to the, the homes, to the living rooms. And if you go to church, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying give people the idea that going to church is wrong because mm -hmm. Jesus loves people and there's and people go to churches and, but what ecclesia is it's a it's a simpler and purer yeah. way at this point to find jesus yes right yes yes and we kind of have to i think it's important to emphasize that instead of here's why we're better just emphasize here's here's a here's an easier way yeah here's what we're just trying to get back to we're just trying to get back to people getting back yeah. to community family that's what jesus was all intended it was about uh a a a uh a kingdom, a heavenly kingdom, a spiritual kingdom of people, yeah. just people, not not a building, just people. And yeah, That's you're right. right. It's, and it's it's important that we're trying to get that message out. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. but it, we'll we'll explain other details along the way. But if we want to attract people, we just want to get back to just being a family, being there for right. each other. But there's stages in our lives that we have to go through. Like I, yes. I left yeah. off when I was in my 20s, going to different denominations, checking mm -hmm. them out didn't feel like the Lord said, okay, stay here, check this, stay here for a while. But I come home one night, I turn on the TV, it's like 11, 11.30, and there's this program on about the Salvation Army. It's called Blood and Fire. And I'm like, they explain the history of the Salvation Army and they talk to, talk to you about how it's a church. I'm like, I didn't know it was a church. So I called up the local branch and met with the, they call them core officers there, they have ranks. And yeah, yeah, no, the military. Yeah, and I, uh, I started attending there, and then it was just like that edge of the dream again. I got called to ministry in the Salvation Army. Uh, really different, oh, 18th century brass band music was their music for worship. You know, it's like really first time you step into that. It's like really bizarre. <laughs> I'm looking at the marquee in front of the building. It's like uh, Sunday school, uh, not not really too familiar with Sunday school. I went to Catholic school throughout the week. So that wasn't necessary. Holiness meeting. I'm not holy. How can I go to a holiness meeting? Um, open air. What is open air? Salvation meeting. So my Sundays went from, you know, I would go to mass on a Saturday for half an hour for Father Crowley. He would give you, you give everybody general absolution where he's forgiven everybody's sins in the, the church without confession, mind you. And he's, his sermon is real short, so half an hour people were in and out. He's like, people love this guy. So you go from that on a Saturday, fulfilling your mass requirements for the week to Sunday, you're there all day, you know, worshiping, learning about the Lord. So it was quite, <laughs> quite a difference from what I was used to, but I, I stuck to it and then got called to ministry from there. Went to Salvation Army uh, Ministry School and lo and behold, 20 years later, I'm a major. But the problem is, I'm burned out as a pastor because the church does pastor wrong. <laughs> the church gets it all out of whack. Mm. Surprise, surprise. The church is still failing at <laughs> what it's meant to do. And that's how, you know, I went through this period of burnout. So it's like a moral, you know, my life fell apart morally, spiritually, emotionally. Uh, I was, I was messing up, falling off track, falling on the Lord, had to spend time recovering from all of that, almost blew my marriage, my family, but the Lord redeemed all of that. Um, and the question about how I come across OKM, 
I joined the Strike Force of Prayer in Pennsylvania and pretty quickly became the captain of the prayer call for Pennsylvania. Got on a captain's meeting and Russ Wagner was speaking to the other captains about OKM. And I called him up the next day because I was like, wow, this might be an opportunity for me to really be in ministry again and do it right this time. And I met with Russ. He, he and I met for boot camp. Uh, several weeks in a row. He put me through the whole boot camp. I was one of the first ones to do that with him in this go around. He did boot camps and stuff way back when, as you probably know, he did Ecclesia since the early 2000s. But in this go around, I was one of the first and got kind of got in the door that way to become part of the leadership for OKM. Believe me, there's no, no other reason why I should be one of the leaders, except I was kind of one of the first ones that got there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, Russ, one of Russ's gifts, I guess, one of the things he likes to do is throw people in the fire, uh, the frying pan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's probably happened to you guys by now. You definitely but told he, that yep. from his uh, boot camp videos. Absolutely. <laughs> he uh, he likes to yes. help people to operate in their gifts or find their yeah. niche, so to speak. And I was on equipping Ecclesia with him and Kevin. I was doing the moderating. And all of a sudden I'm like hosting the thing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but I guess some of the experiences that the Lord brought me through kind of helped with that. Being a pastor helped with that. Taking theater in college helped with all that. So, um, and it, it's just, I like talking, I guess. I'm, I'm kind of an introvert when it comes to people around me. But when I get in settings like this, I just end up talking a lot. I don't know why, but. So that's that's how we came into equipping Ecclesia. Problem is we're still trying to figure out what does that mean, equipping the Ecclesia. So we have we have kind of a potpourri of stuff that we put in there. And we're trying to kind of we're still kind of trying to sift through this and make sure we're focusing on equipping the Ecclesia because the way it came about is we needed something for the Sunday morning crowd, the people who hadn't started their own home congregation yet so that's how equipping started just to keep keep serving them until they can get up and running with their own thing problem is some of them don't want to do that <laughs> some of them are resistant to that and they're still hanging around but we're still trying to get them to go do that right because we don't want to do we don't want to do sunday morning as usual we want to equip uh so i'm i'm constantly thinking how do we how do we best equip these people mm. to do Ecclesia? Mm. Yes. How do we it was move, a work in progress? How do we move from, okay, there's this information to actualizing the information in an actual Ecclesia? Right. Applications and, and activations, just like in boot camp. And Russ, Russ always does this when he's on for equipping. And all of us kind of have to return to that mindset that we always got to be equipping, applying, activating, equipping, applying, activating, and keep pushing the idea that people need to get out of the pews and get into the driver's seat. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because absolutely. they can do it. Five-fold ministry, like we all learned, right? Mm, right, right. And I mean, it's, it's a hard sell because we've been so conditioned, so programmed. Yeah. That, oh, it has to be the person on the platform. Right. Yeah. Or the person running the video call. Mm -hmm. And not <laughs> right? even that. And not even that. 
we we listen even the church the ecclesia and talking to me I'm, I'll, I'll be honest we listen to that fear I'm, yeah. I'm not worthy enough i'm i'm messed up i love jesus yeah. but i'm messed up i don't know i don't know the first thing to do to go out and preach god i'll tell you right now i'm very uncomfortable talking to uh, to go out and talking to people uh just at random that's why I, I even, and I'll, and I'll mention, I even had, I have I mentioned this to Matt, Russ knows, and maybe I mentioned this to you, Thomas, I don't know, but uh, I, I do believe that the Lord's kind of given me an idea of a, of a platform, a tent, a prayer tent. So mm-hmm. if anything, at least you have a platform, people see you and have a sign saying, if anyone needs prayer, maybe we just have a conversation, anything, maybe just praying for healing, and let's see what the Holy Spirit does, you know? Yeah, at least right. people know what you stand for. And right. anyone's more than welcome. We may get two, maybe, I don't know. But at least, you know, you have a platform and with whatever team I have, if they feel led to just go out and do it, do it, you know? Yeah. So, but it, it's 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 the idea that we listen to the enemy so much. And I'm talking to myself as well. Yeah, we do. And the, the, the battle is in the mind and we need that, we need God's, the Lord's perspective and the, the simplicity of it. You know, I was, when I was doing boot camps, I do, I'm doing a boot camp on Wednesdays now with a group of ladies. There's one lady that spearheads the thing, Maureen. She's pulled all her friends together and asked me to do a boot camp with them. And that's kind of the way things are rolling out nowadays. By the way, real quick, you want to explain yeah. what the boot camp is again for the audience who uh, sure. those it's, who don't it's know what that is? It's just a six week training of the Ecclesia curriculum. It's about learning how to do home congregations is learning about the word ecclesia versus the word church how mm-hmm. we came to that word um, how it was mistranslated by king james many many years ago for uh, somewhat nefarious reasons he wanted to be in control so we talk we talk some about that but we're just trying to get people to this idea that they can do ministry because they're the priesthood of believers just like it says in Peter's writings, uh, you're a royal priesthood, you're a chosen people, a people belonging to God, that you might declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then we talk about the fivefold ministry and how the church has neglected, you know, the prophet and the apostle and has kind of has kind of emphasized the pastor and the teacher and somewhat evangelist. But that's an incomplete, yeah, that's an incomplete picture of what the Lord wants us to be doing and occupying until he returns. So six weeks, pretty simple, but along with teaching and Russ does, Russ did 12 videos. It used to be 12 weeks. So we do two videos a week. We have a book, Ecclesia Rising by Dean Briggs. Mm -hmm. We've actually transcribed Russ's videos into a book now. So you could basically, you could get by with using Russ's book because it's really a transcription. I don't think I realized that. That's great. Yeah, That's it's great. on the website. It's available. Um, we're looking to get it published onto Amazon. But we also want to model Ecclesia while we're doing the boot camps because, like I told the ladies today during our time of prayer, don't be surprised if the Lord gives you a picture of someone you just prayed for of, of something that's going to encourage them. And I gave the example of in one of my boot camps, we were, this gentleman asked for prayer for his son who was in rehab. And I got this really clear picture of this wavy haired young man bursting out a door, screen door with a big smile on his face and a diploma rolled up in his, his hand. 
I said, Roger, I just saw your son graduating the boot camp. And that this is this is a sign and a wonder, and it's to encourage us. And that's how Ecclesia works. Not only are um, prayers being answered because they're powerful and effective, the prophetic word, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom. It's wonderful that Jesus actually shows up because he said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. That's Ecclesia, even if it's just two of us and, and the Holy Spirit, you know? Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing that is so important that's needed is the uh, intimacy of the Ecclesia. Because within a in a church, I'm not saying it hasn't, but it does kind of lack the in intimacy because it, well, at least whether inside, let's say they gather, because and I've shared this before. I've asked many times when I was in the youth group, and uh, I would ask some kids, so what's God teaching you? Can't give me an answer. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, yeah, really like uh, deer in the headlights. It's just, um, I'm just like, okay, well, what, why are you doing this? You know, why, yeah. why, what's the point of all this? If you, if you're not yeah. growing now, yeah. again, I probably wasn't thinking that when I was, uh, as much as, as I was a teenager, but now when I look back, I'm like, what, what, mm -hmm. what are teenagers learning? This is why teenagers and millennials are leaving the building. It's because there's no, there's no life in there. Yeah. I'm not saying all, I am not saying all. Let's make it clear. I'm not saying all because I know of other ministries and churches. They're doing. They're they're trying to submit to the Holy Spirit and they're leading. And we're seeing miracles. We're seeing yeah. healing, healings if you look in the right direction. Right. Uh, of course, with with that discernment and all that. But a lot of the churches in our in our state, so I would I would say even in the East Coast in the Bible Belt, I would mm -hmm. I would say that I, I would dare say that because we have a spirit of religion and not enough action, not a lot of evangelism and i'm talking to myself um but it's that's what that's because that's where i'm located um and uh and there's this lack of that there's lack of intimacy lack of growth and with the with the bible study that i'm with uh, on sunday nights every other sunday uh that's a picture of an ecclesia just of uh, people my age just mm -hmm. reading the word talking about it talking about what we've read talk about what the holy spirit's trying to teach us through all of this and it's great it's great fellowship yeah. that is a picture of ecclesia it is. You know, I tell people in boot camp, another book that we really all should be reading for boot camp is called Pagan Christianity by George Barna. Ooh. And Frank Viola, I think, is the other author's name. I may oh, have heard of it, but I don't think I've read it. That sounds interesting. George Barna is a, he's like a poll taker. He, he mm -hmm. He's a Christian who takes polls for a living. And he, I went to a seminar of his in Princeton, New Jersey years ago, and he said, people he's taken polls on this people have tried the church and they said this doesn't work so they stopped going and they just they gave up on god because they tried church and it didn't work for them so they just their life just goes on and it doesn't go getting closer to god it goes in a different direction and that's so sad because their only their only glimpse of god has been what the church has shown them and if, as we know, the church doesn't get it perfect. It gets it wrong. It's like, I kind of liken the church in many ways to a vaccination against the kingdom of God. Because it, <laughs> it, gives, you, it, it gives you just enough of the kingdom of God to inoculate you against it, if that makes any sense. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. Makes it's sense. It's like a weakened version of the kingdom of God. So 
Ecclesia is a, supposed to be, we're working on, we want it to be a full strength version of the kingdom of God. And isn't it beautiful what the Bible says about the kingdom of God, how it is, it is forcefully advancing on the earth and violent men are taking hold of it? What does that even mean? But I mean, have you ever thought about what that, what does that mean? That's a, that's a picture of warfare. If I've ever heard yeah, one, right, right, man, that gives you a glimpse of what it's like out there. But the problem is not only has the church been kind of diluted existence itself, the enemy has been able to cloak himself to such an extent that people don't even know that we're at war, even to this day. Yeah, there's a, there's that, a million people yeah. waiting on our border to come into this country and people don't know that that's going to be bad for the United States. Right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. It, that that there's there's point of walls. There's point and then, and then like with a regular army, that's the whole point of to to take over and that's what we want. We want the kingdom of heaven to take over of people's lives. Tear down the walls that we built through our issues, our trauma or baggage that we've carried from our family uh, or, and, and, and ancestry or whatever. And we want, and that, that's what we, we want to act in the spiritually, uh, if you will, violence, like, like, but in, in that to just to show, to introduce people that go, going to church and all that, that there's, there's a deeper meaning to this. We are at war there. It's not about going to church. It's about inviting the, the ultimate savior, Jesus, because mm -hmm. with him, he makes everything complete. He restores everything. And even when we fall down, he picks us up again. He encourages us. He continues to lift us up, even though we don't deserve it. Every time mm -hmm. we continue falling down, down, down again. And yeah, he continues mm -hmm. to pick us up every time if we call upon his name. Yeah. And he and encourages us too. He'll, he'll tell us, okay, son, daughter, this is what you need to work on. But, I'll, mm -hmm. but I'm here if you'll let me. Yep. I'm going to continue yep. to figure out if you, if you let me. And that with mm -hmm. him, then we can bring life to everyone. We can mm -hmm. bring life to everyone. That, because it's not about what we've done. It's about what he's done. That's and then right. we can finally form a community, a spiritual army, to continue to go into the places, to go out in the world, preach the gospel uh, in the mighty name of Jesus, tearing down the walls and building up new walls of the kingdom of heaven in people's lives. Amen. 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 That's power. That's power. I mean, the, the, the church largely doesn't have that power. Not, not in every case. I, you know, I try to very hard not to bash the church when I do boot camp because people get offended. And what good is it going to do to offend people? And people. Many of them are still in their tradition. And yeah. That's where they are, and God might have called them there for this season, and He might keep them there. Yeah. So we got to be okay with that, and that's yeah. that's up to the Holy Spirit. We just got to be about our business, stay in our lane, and our lane happens to be trying to show people yeah. a simpler way to find God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our job is to continue preach, continue giving truth, love, and you know discernment, but always encouraging that they would keep their eyes on Jesus and listening to His voice. That's we can't they can't listen to our voice. We can only give from what our experience. Mm -hmm. It's that's what we need to get back to is listening to the head. If the head tells you to stay for a time, then stay for a time. If the head yeah. tells you to leave, then leave. There's always a yeah. reason. That's what we got to. We all of us, all of us, even in this in this chat in this in this live stream, we got to learn how to continue li listening to the head. That's right. 
Isn't it interesting that that verse that says Jesus is the head, and it says everything is under his feet, but we're the body. So that speaks to the authority that we have as part of his body, right? That's, That's right. another thing we talk a lot about in boot camp is the authority of the ecclesia, um, the divine yeah. ruling council. The we just did an ep we did an episode on the authority uh, on on the stream, and it, it, yeah, it's it's amazing of what again not what we've done, but what he's done, and what he's done, he's given us just like what he <laughs> taught the disciples, like of what you know, Lord gave me authority here. Now, yeah. as he uh, was ascending, I've given you authority now. Yeah. Well, one of those other, you know, how the enemy holds all the gates right now, education, government, um, everything, media. name it, media, me yeah, mm -hmm. media is a big time because that's the mouthpiece and it's securely in the enemy's hands. Mm -hmm. And there's others, there's like seven mountains or seven gates, we like to call them, but they're promised through Abraham, he, he was promised that he would have the gates of his enemies, right? Mm -hmm. I believe that promise comes all the way down through his chosen people, through those who to those who've been grafted into the vine, which is us. But we, we hold none of those gates to this day. We hold none of them, but we're meant to have all of them. So there's mm -hmm. something wrong with this picture. So if the kingdom of God is going to forcefully advance in our society, you got to start taking these gates, right? For yeah. Jesus. Absolutely. And that's what and that's what kind of the Lord is preparing all of us for because he's exposing the darkness like never before. Yeah. Uh, and and now he's trying to raise his people, especially with these revivals that have happened. I'm not sure if there are any more have been happening. I haven't heard anything, but the Lord is doing something. He's awakening his people and showing him like, it's amazing how he showed me from me and my family, from one woman to another, first understanding about that we weren't getting fed by the church. So we left. We, this is before we understood about the 501c3 and, and, and understanding of just how we, we've, where, where our authority came from, not the church, the church and not from God. So, and all that. So we left it because we weren't getting fed. And then from there, we were learning about uh, the Sabbath, Shabbat. What's the, understand what's the true meaning of the day and, and the rest. And how did you, you know, do what Jesus said, you know, the Sabbath was made for men and understanding all the, all those details. And then from there on, learning from all the Hebrew roots, understanding the feast of the Lord, understanding even just the language itself and how there's a mystery, hidden, a hidden mystery, just understanding of our walk with Jesus. And then from yeah. there on, the supernatural, asking the questions, okay, if Jesus did all this, and then when he gave the authority to the disciples and everyone who believed, uh, you know, speaking in, uh, the, you know, the pouring of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophecy, uh, you know, going out and healing and casting out demons. Why aren't we doing that now? And then seeing other people, ministries uh, that are especially, especially in, in Africa, this probably would say the Holy Spirit's really moving in there because people are walking faith over there. I'm not saying everyone's perfect, but but you see you can tell a demonstration there's something there even yeah. in, in other areas in the world that's one of the reasons why i wanted to be a missionary not just to preach the gospel but to learn from people of faith and that's where the lord mm -hmm. led me into this ministry saying caleb i love what your desire to to least learn from people who want to follow me and die yourself and uh be led by me but i need you here in the united states because i'm about to do something so mm -hmm. and learning how what it means to be an ecclesia to be a community and all that so it's amazing how yeah. the timing of all that and where we're at now i have heard so many people talk about the feast of the lord and all that than i've ever heard about before people are more welcoming it 
Yeah. And all that. Just because they're trying at, to understand God's mindset, the friend, you know, his, his reckoning of time, if you will. And the Lord's connected us back to that through signs and wonders. Yes. Through the, the signs that have appeared in the sky the past several years. Every time, every time there's these blood moons that fall on these yep. feast days, yep. something hugely significant has happened on the earth. And it's always connected mm -hmm. with the Jewish people. And uh, here we go again. What was it? How many years ago was it now? Five, six years we went through that series of blood moons, and yeah. we've been through we've been through so much in the past five, six, seven years. It's mm -hmm. pretty astounding, yeah. and we're still going through it. But we're going to get to this other side now. And I like how you say this is kind of a, re a revelation of how evil the world is, so people can respond. And I think that's what's spurring these revivals that you mentioned mm -hmm. with. Asbury and I yep. think there's still yep. going on. I think they just learned to kind of quell the quell the, the um, media. Media yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. But I think they're still going on. I in fact I saw a, I pray uh, it is. I pray it yeah. I pray that it is. I saw a video from Dutch Sheets and he's he had prophecy about these revivals years ago. Very clear visions, open visions from the Lord about this particular season we're in and it has to do with the young people you mm -hmm. guys know all about this because one of the reasons you guys are doing what you're doing is because russ had the same vision and he yeah. kind of tried to pull you guys together to do ministry to young people I yeah don't think you, i don't know it's not just millennials it's no oh, yeah yeah it's we want the youth as well we want the youth yeah. as well we want we want right. anyone who's willing absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. so exciting things are ahead of us so we have this kind of I guess the confusing confusing thing is, okay, Jesus, does this mean you have to come back very soon, or will Ecclesia have an opportunity to do what it was supposed to do from the very beginning? What's a, what's going to happen next? That's kind of the question that's on many people's minds, and we hear prophetic words here or there, and they clean us one way or the other. I don't know where you guys end up in that whole situation but that's kind of what we're grappling with now mm -hmm. well i mean the way i understand all that is the entire world has to hear the gospel of the kingdom first yeah absolutely and until it does we're here until he comes <laughs> yeah yeah so and let's take territory take, yeah so i think every generation has expected jesus return if i'm not mistaken and oh, I'd, I agree. I'd agree. We're in the same boat. I read a, in the 80s, I read a book about Mikhail Gorbachev. And it insisted that he was the Antichrist, and I believed it. <laughs> <laughs> and it proved to me, it proved to me that Mikhail Gorbachev was the Antichrist. And I, I started kind of living like, well, I guess this is it. We only have that much time. Mm -hmm. I guess that was a good thing in some respects to act like live like prepare you know, yeah whatever. prepare yeah. As, as if it was but last yeah. year mikhail gorbachev died <laughs> uh -huh. so i said i guess he's not the antichrist oh well, well must and, be he, and he wasn't brought back to life right, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a weird mark on his head but <laughs> he did but <laughs> <laughs> yeah apparently not him so now i'm i'm a bit more skeptical skeptical when i hear this person or that person yeah, and understanding, it. but if, and again, how would I would look at it? If we hear stuff like that, if anything, it, it, it can show us if we if we see 
the traits of evil we can see that kind of like with the with with the virus a lot of people said that the coronavirus was the uh, mark of the beast now i i don't i know this i don't agree with that but i will say it's a great dress rehearsal it was a great dress yeah. rehearsal for it because you know people were shut well, in their homes you couldn't they were trying to encourage you don't go out unless you have the vaccine or the vaccine yeah. i mean not the virus but the vaccine they thought the mark of the beast but i say it's a great dress rehearsal yeah, yeah like, well, I'm, if you can't if you can't buy and sell without a vaccine passport, and that was kind of mm -hmm. that seemed like where things were going, and that's where they'll try to push. They'll continue to try to push that thing, and Absolutely. we know that's one of the best marks of the mark of the beast is that you can't buy or sell without right. it. You know. So if we can act like that now, imagine what we what it could really be in in the future. So mm -hmm. we, if anything, we need to take look, look, watch the signs, watch for evil, so that we were not deceived. Yeah, you know, that's and, the, if any, that's the key. And I would say with the whole Antichrist thing, it's a spirit that some that some people operate in. True. It's yes. not necessarily an individual. Yeah. Like, you know, I heard this. Go ahead. Go ahead, Matt. Like it's it can't be just a single individual. I think there are people in each generation who operate that way. Yeah. And I think I heard one time that there the. The enemy doesn't know when his time is up. Very true. But it, I've heard it said that he always has to have somebody prepared to fulfill that role. So if you look back through history, there were there were mm -hmm. people in many generations who swore that they were in the time of the end and they knew who the Antichrist was. It goes all the way back to like people like Nero and mm -hmm. or in our times Adolf Hitler. I've heard. I, I, mean, I would even. Know, I would, would even. I would even argue. I would even argue. Uh, Antiochus the fourth if you understand the, the the history of uh of Hanukkah yeah Antiochus uh, had everyone declare that himself as a god even he, put a statue that he would that is called Zeus but he declared himself as Zeus abomination and of abomination, desolation, desolation. Right? so exactly. again a picture of the Antichrist yeah so just be ready you know exactly i love how um, we just went into that that's great i love I mean, it <laughs> you know what does what does antichrist mean it means opposing christ mm -hmm. and the it's, spirit of antichrist as you said is in the world we know that scripture tells us he's it's in the world always i mean yeah it. ever ever since uh thessalonians right, <laughs> right. they're like well World's gonna end, so I don't need to work. <laughs> no, no, no. Get off your butts. Go do stuff. Yep. Spread the spread the gospel of the kingdom. Continue mm -hmm. to watch because you always have to. We, that's what Watchmen is for. Uh, and and that, the, that's the whole point of this ministry is we want to get people back to getting to know Jesus so that they can watch for these things, spend time yeah. as work, discipleship, training each other, sharpening one another so that we were not blind to this. That's why Jesus gave us a warning in the first place because the enemy could deceive the elect if we're not paying attention. That's right. Well, mm -hmm. I remember I remember a scenario of, a, uh, of a, a guy teaching about what it meant to be a watchman at, at a certain time. I can't remember all the details, but they would have to keep a fire blazing on, on a certain mountaintop. And there would be a priest that had to be always keeping that fire aflame. But now, now, and there would have to be there'd be another person that would go up the mountain to inspect to make sure that that person was doing his job. And if that person wasn't doing his job, he would take the uh, the coals from the fire that was being built, put it around the person because if he f caught him falling asleep, he's not doing his job. He's not being a watchman, and so therefore he would expose the person not doing his job. 
So mm. we need to be that those watchmen all the time. Because again, things are always changing. We always thought that this would happen this and times and all this, but things are always changing. That's why it's so important to spend time with him and constantly be observant. Look for these signs th- and, and, and all that, but pay, always Good paying word. attention, always paying attention. So that way you're not caught off guard like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. They're tipping their hand with this, this big revelation that we're going through. We see, and it's scary to a lot of people what they're seeing. I mean, AI, mm-hmm. they actually, they actually think they can live forever through AI. Yeah, they actually somehow think they can meld with technology. <laughs> I guess it's their only hope because they've rejected God and they don't plan on following the Lord. So they're trying to build an alternative. They're trying to make us limit better. The number of people alive. Mm-hmm. You know, the five hundred, the five hundred thousand, or yeah, five hundred thousand, five hundred million people. Is that what they mm-hmm. they want the world to be whittled down to? But look what happened to the Georgia Guidestones. It's like yeah. God has already, <laughs> God has already <laughs> said. You, know what, you remember the Tower of Babel? You remember back to that? Remember point that? Where you guys said uh, you were going to do this? Well, guess what? I'm still not having it. <laughs> so. I mean, then then you look in Acts and what happened to uh, Herod. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm God. You guys need to come and bow before me and ask me for forgiveness and then maybe i'll deign to give you food (laughs) the people of tyre and sidon right and then god went bam worms you're dead (laughs) beautiful yeah it reminds me of like uh god is dead nietzsche he wrote (laughs) nietzsche wrote god is dead and then i saw a meme that said nietzsche is dead sign of god And hey, the, God will not I mean, be the, mocked. The sad <laughs> thing about Nietzsche is he actually was be, he was in training to become a Lutheran pastor. Man. And then decided that um, boosting mankind was a better way to go about it. Uh, Again, it just, shows you, it just shows you where our understanding is flawed. Yeah. <laughs> it's so flawed yeah. without the Holy Spirit. And, oh my gosh. you know, the the strain of Lutheran scholarship that he would have been raised in was very humanistic, very humanistic. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, uh, I just studied this stuff in seminary recently, so <laughs> it's kind of fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had you had guys who were doing what they call the, the quest for Christ, right? The The quest for the historical Jesus, which that phase of the quest was basically, he didn't exist. Mm. (laughs) Like, how can you be a pastor and believe that? That's amazing. (laughs) What? There's a Catholic denomination. I've heard a a statement saying that, or pastor would say, I'm I'm really not that spiritual. Then what are you doing being a pastor, man? You gotta be, you gotta be, you know, in front, encouraging and being part in the spirit constantly. In order to do oh man so it's just like come on that reminds me of a of a of a pastor in uh started what's now a mega church you know back in the 90s and russ knows this guy i think thomas knows who i'm about to talk about (laughs) (laughs) um but i used to go to his church it's here in pasadena okay yeah and 
he will regularly from the pulpit say, I'm not a pastor. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Then what are you doing? Yeah. He's like, no, I'm, a, I'm an apostle. And he's like, he's not geared for the actual pastoral work. He can preach till he's blue in the face. I mean, mm -hmm. he's got about, I don't know, five years worth of messages that he recycles. <laughs> you know, when you've been, when you've been a pastor for 40 years. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and he goes and jet sets all over the place to different, uh, different churches that are in his network and encourages them and helps them get stuff set and all that stuff. And it's like, okay, but yet you won't counsel anybody because, well, at least he's aware. <laughs> at least he's aware that he's not good at it. There are people that are good at it and people that are not. It's, yeah, but... But go, going back on, on on back with the equipping the ecclesia, um, Thomas, what is what do you see? What is God at least leading you right now? You guys are right now focused on because continuing equipping whoever's listening, whoever, whether people that have gone through the boot camp, maybe people, people that I haven't. But where yeah. do you think? Where do you believe that the Holy Spirit is leading you right now with this ministry? With equipping ecclesia. Well, you know what? Two three weeks ago, we had the worst episode. I've experienced since I've been doing it. It just like nothing worked. Ooh. It was like enemy was yeah, attacking, the, huh? The teacher, yeah, the the pre the teacher that day, he couldn't get his screen to share. Mm. I had videos lined up. I had an interview with a Haitian uh, pastor. That was all echoey. Couldn't understand. And we had another segment. The lady was talking too low. Couldn't understand. So it was like man, can anything else go wrong? <laughs> it's like Murphy. I was like rebuking Murphy's law because it seemed like <laughs> Murphy's law was in effect that day. And it was like, man, Lord, what is where I said it was like Ichabod. The glory has departed. You know? <laughs> after the next week I had on Roger Daviston and he he's a business. He, he took boot camp, but he does for a living. He goes to businesses and helps businesses to succeed with spiritual principles. It's like he's doing Ecclesia in the marketplace. Amen. I felt like that was one of the most equipping episodes we've ever done. I didn't hear much feedback from anybody else, so I don't know how they feel about it. And that's important too, but I felt terrible that first, that one week, and I felt really good the next week. So I'm just always about honing in on equipping, equipping, equipping. <laughs> You know, and I think we do a good job of that many Sundays. Some Sundays we we are off the mark, uh, just trying to make it better and trying to, you know, we don't need to be on for two hours, but sometimes we're on for more than two hours. Uh, I like to try to keep it, keep it shorter, use more segments. That's kind of where it's, it's going. Uh, I need a co-host if any of you guys are interested in applying for that job. Um, and there's another, there's a guy, John, John Schenzer. He does a uh, podcast. I was talking to him about maybe getting more involved. So I'm just trying to lean on the Lord and just kind of be guided 
in the little, the kind of little course corrections that you need to make as you go along when you get feedback. That's that's important to do, and not let it become another Sunday morning, uh, yeah, sit in the pew and listen yeah. type of. Yeah. That's what I'm of. To use the word fear, I'm not really afraid of that, but I, I, I kind of caution against that. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you got to be aware. Otherwise, it otherwise it'll happen, yeah, and right. because that's it's. It's almost natural that it would shift back that direction because we're so conditioned yeah. for that. And we need to be very careful. We do. Um, and Russ has talked to me about helping co-hosts too. And I'm like, well, I'm out on the West Coast. So uh, yeah, I thought early. of that. It'd be like very, very early for you. Yeah. I mean, now, now I've been on twice both for both for this podcast and for the school so and i'm getting back into the habit of getting up early again so it yeah i don't think it would be that much of a stretch well there's no uh you know there's it's it's we do it on sunday morning because the crowd on sunday morning needed the alternative when we were when we were new Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. if recordings are wonderful when you have pre-recorded and edited things you don't have those Murphy's Law Sundays. True. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nope. Editing so editing video and audio is wonderful because you can clean up such a mess. <laughs> so I actually would prefer to use pre-recorded stuff because live is, you know, it's exciting. Live is exciting, but man, <laughs> things can go wrong. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, but it's all good, you know. It's uh, God. God is gracious, and it's His. That's the most important thing to remember. It's His broadcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do with it what He wants you to do. We all all need to remember that, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Like otherwise, you're just kind of doing just to do, and uh, okay, and Lord bless my mess. And then you're gonna get burned out. And I've done enough. When I was in ministry, I did many a Sunday like that. I'll tell you that, Lord. Yeah less what I've prepared, uh, even though it's like uh, reruns and refried and uh, <laughs> leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, think I don't have anything fresh for my people right now. <laughs> well, I think that and, that, and it honestly, we, we think about it, we take, take Jesus example. I'm sure he was, even though he loved uh, healing people, seeing people set free, teaching people, he still needed rest. He needed to get away from the crowd. He needed oh, to get away from his disciples yeah. and just be with the presence of the Father. Yeah. We needed to, um, and again, I'm talking to myself, I'm preaching to the choir. We all need to get into our room, get into our prayer closet, in that secret place, if you will. That's what uh, Jesus was saying. Get into the where no one's there. It's just mm-hmm. you and the Father, you with me, uh, just talking, and I can just pour my spirit, refresh you, take upon my yoke, and, you know, just learn how to praise my name in these hard times giving thanks no matter what how whatever you see individual you need to stop we need to stop looking at what we see and look what mm-hmm. is on, on the unseen yeah. and that's hard to show do. you that if you're off do. track he will show you in the in sometimes a painful way i mean i i was when i burned out as a pastor i was in atlantic city new jersey the first year i got there this hurricane came up right along the coast called hurricane irene the second year I was there, this hurricane came up on the, called Sandy and went Sandy, right over yeah. our house. Mm. 
And I was burning out as a pastor at that time. And that's when everything went off the rails. It's like, and that little reminder just a couple weeks ago on equipping, it's like, yeah, that's the message, I guess, Lord, this is not my power. This has to be about your power. And we have to rely on you for all of this stuff and trust you and rest, rest in that. I guess the big word is really rest because that's what he wants us to do, rest in him and go with his power, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is the, that is the thing. Because it, when we when we do on our own or try to do on our own, it'll work for a little while. And depending on how talented or how gifted we are, it may work pretty well for quite a while. But well, eventually, you're yeah, you're you're gonna burn out. You're gonna have issues that your talents can't overcome. That's right. Yeah. Or your talents got you into the issue. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've I've watched this happen. The the senior pastor for the church I grew up in. Great great man of God, but um, he he was a major vision caster. He had he had been in real estate, like commercial real estate, for years before he went into the ministry. And really ran the church like a business, which, you know, church is business. Newsflash, everybody. Yeah. And we're talking about the system, guys. Yeah. Talking about the right. system. <laughs> but aside from that, I mean, it's, it's, it's messy. It's ugly. It's like the, the core of it is still beautiful. So that's why we're not just sitting here bashing church. Right. Because as long as Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are at the core of it, and community is at the core of it, it's got something worth, it, that makes it worth existing, mm -hmm. okay? But when it just becomes a hierarchy, when it just becomes perpetuating your brand of church, that is where things go way wrong. And mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit is very rarely concerned about our brand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's I right. mean, you know, there are some amazingly gifted speakers. There are some amazingly gifted, you know, pastoral counselors out there who are amazing. I mean, phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But if they're not tapped into the right source, bad things are going to happen at some point. And they may or may not recover from it. Um, the, the pastor I mentioned, he pretty decent, pretty darn good speaker, charismatic guy, um, had been um, had been a protege of John Wimber. Hmm. Um, and became a regional overseer in the vineyard all you know as about as close to a bishop as you can get in the vineyard because the vineyard is very non-label happy 
we're not about positions, we're not about doctor, reverend, all this nonsense. Or I should say they're not. That was where I was raised, not there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, and yeah, he wound up, I think he wound up burning out pretty hard and was trying to start a school of, a school of ministry out of the church. Um, was connected with um, Derek Morphew down in South Africa, like had some really big name instructors that were helping him out. But he, I don't, I don't think he was st sticking with the Lord through all that. It was just business. Mm -hmm. And he wound up having at least an emotional affair with one of the secretaries. And his, his son was able to step in and take over the church because his son had been the had been the youth pastor for years and then went and planted unsuccessfully <laughs> down in Orange County. And yeah, it was that was a, a traumatic time for that church because and my dad was very involved with mm -hmm. the school. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's hard. And yeah, it was it was rough and they like I haven't been involved with that church in ten years, mm -hmm. so I have no idea what's going on with that. Yeah, and, uh, and just to kind of add to that, um, with even a friend of mine, a neighbor of mine, uh, she was dealing with some church splits. Uh, one located in my area, they they were going through a church split. They were just recovering, and now they're dealing with another split. Oof. And now she also she heard that a church from her hometown, I believe in Virginia, uh, and now they were going through a split. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know for whatever reason I don't know all the details whether ego or people don't like the mess I don't know, but something is going on. And then and we you know the end they were you were not keeping your guard they were not keeping their guard up and the, you know all the enemy I was, this is what I've been taught. The enemy just needs a little sliver, a little gap. That's all he needs. And he's through. Then shoop, and you're done. Sure is a lot easier to manage like 12 to 15 people as opposed to 1,000 or 5,000. Right. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the other reason why we encourage Ecclesia, because yeah, that because of that reason. Imagine the, the, the apostles having to gadget. You got, they, 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 what came to revival? 3,000. That 3, first week, right? Yeah. How did they organize just meeting and all that? They had mm -hmm. to figure out a way of doing it from different areas, uh, whether it was just in Jerusalem alone or in other areas of, uh, of Israel. But they still had to figure out how to organize it. And yeah. the best way would be in, you know, figure out who's meeting at whose house, who's doing this meeting or whatever, or whatever. And those folks went through a really quick boot camp because they went back, a lot of them went back to their land. They land. were from all these different places and they, they came, got the boot camp message, went back out, did home congregations, right? Right. Oversimplification, <laughs> but yes, yeah, that's what happened. Yes, <laughs> but still, but still. So that's the whole point of what what um, Thomas and the rest of the ministry the, that that folks that is what the the goal is. It's not necessary. It's not. We're not trying to. Like I said, we're not trying to bash 
churches because there are churches that are out there that are trying to get the truth out. But what, yeah. we're, what we're all about, what we feel the Holy Spirit, all of us lean, it's just getting back into intimacy and just getting back and putting Jesus as the head. So we can get mm -hmm. back to, you know, doing his signs, doing the impossible, making the impossible possible yeah. by him, by him alone, not by our, because, you know, it's never about us. What's that scripture? It's not by my, my power. It's not by my might, mm -hmm. but by the spirit, says the Lord. There's a picture of Ecclesia that takes place in Exodus chapter 17. That's everybody gets to play Moses sometimes mm. in Ecclesia. Okay. <laughs> so, but the thing is, you're up, Moses is up on the hill with Aaron and her. He's not with them to begin with. He's up there by himself and he has the staff in his hand and he's holding it out. And as long as he's holding it out, the Israelites are beating the Amalekites in the valley of Rephidim. And the word Rephidim means support, by the way. So they see him faltering because his arms are getting tired and the staff, the staff which represents the word of God is falling. And then the Amalekites are overwhelming the Israelites when that happens. So Aaron and Hur say, we gotta go do something. They go up and they hold up Moses' arms. They sit him on a rock, which represents Christ. And as long as the word is held up, <laughs> By Aaron and her, I think Aaron represents the Holy Spirit and her represents another human being. And I think it's a picture of Ecclesia because we all get to play Moses in Ecclesia sometimes. We all get to wrote, you know, the fivefold ministry. Yeah. We all are emphasized what we bring to the table. And as long as the word of God is set forth, the spirit gets victory over the flesh, which is what's represented in the valley. I think that's such a beautiful, picture of Ecclesia for us and it's in Exodus 17 and 17 is the number of victory so we have a template of victory here and using a simplified version of church hallelujah hallelujah <laughs> it shows you God doesn't miss a thing when it comes to his word and all that he doesn't miss a darn thing <laughs> and I mean ultimately the ultimately the thing here is making sure that we understand that ultimately church or ecclesia however you want to term it is about the people yes it's not about the organization it's not about the building yeah because ecclesia is you know i don't know how familiar with business you guys are but there's this idea of being agile right ecclesia is about as agile as you get yeah <laughs> like, meet anywhere it, meet anywhere exactly anywhere anytime anyone yeah just meet talk about the lord and get to know each other we have all this funny we don't have to put into a building fund what can we do with it maybe we can help people with it wow <laughs> gee whiz <laughs> uh, exactly <laughs> for those who are listening to the audio i just blew you know my mind just blew <laughs> <laughs> okay all right uh, hey, Thomas, can you tell everybody how they can, uh, where, where they can go to, to watch uh, Equipping Ecclesia? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, to, yeah. yeah. OmegaKingdomMinistry.tv, Sunday mornings at 940. We start with uh, with worship up through 10 o'clock, and then the broadcast starts at 10. Uh, we have Russ Wagner once one or two Sundays a month. We have his brother, Jerry. We have Pastor Mike Hoke. And then... On a fifth Sunday, we get to do something that 
unique wherever the Lord leads us on that fifth Sunday, if there's one in that month. We have, we're putting segments in about missions and about signs and wonders and things along those lines. So tune in omegakingdomministry.tv or the Omega Kingdom Ministry YouTube channel. You can get links if you go to okmtraining.org. All of the links are there, not only to our broadcast, Equipping, but also to this broadcast, uh, Outpouring Fellowship. You can find links there to Outpouring and other links. We're trying to get encourage people to go there to the Engage page, start a blog, respond to everything that's there, We're trying to get the website more interactive as well. So hope to see you on Equipping. We're trying to get it to where it's more like Ecclesia because we're bringing people into the room more nowadays to ask questions and make comments and they can theoretically do it live. It blew mm -hmm. up in my face a few weeks ago on Zoom, but we haven't given up on that idea yet. <laughs> no, it, it'll work. You just gotta... It will. The, and the, the thing with the... Because I'm a tech guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a tech guy. We, need, and, we needed you three Sundays ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I think... I think my wife was watching that when I was probably half asleep <laughs> or <laughs> making breakfast or something. Anyway, yeah. and yeah, Zoom. Well, here's Zoom the thing I was trying to do we, because of money issues. We had we we let Jared's team go for a bit. So I was I was the producer. I was the director. I was the host. Uh, That's too I much. I should have learned that when I was a Salvation Army officer. You can't, can't do you it all. think you can manage all that stuff. No, because something is going to go afoul that is not in your control. And it derails the whole cart. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, with the, with the platform that you guys are using right now, it just make sure that if, if somebody wants to jump on a jump on live that way, mm -hmm. they have a relatively recent computer because if they yeah. don't it's gonna it's gonna crap well, out we're back with jared and his his team member jonathan mm -hmm. um, jared decided that he can he doesn't since we let him go he likes went and worshiped somewhere he said hey i kind of like this so if you guys want us back jonathan will take care of you which is <laughs> great jonathan's yeah. great and it's a wonderful the when they came back that first sunday i'm like wow what a weight off i can just focus on hosting and doing a good interview. That's all I need to mm -hmm. do. You know? yeah. and again, this again, is another, about another, pic, another picture of the Exia. Everyone yes. helps out. That's everyone right. helps out. Yep. It's not that's about exactly one pastor. Right. It's everyone <laughs> helping out. There is needs to be leadership because that's what that's this that's just the human thing. We need a le leader figure, but everyone yeah. can contribute. That's right, and that's what we need to keep emphasizing with folks is and hey you're the priesthood of believers and you're in ministry when that veil ripped on the day that jesus died on the cross that meant something pretty significant you're in the holy of holies now and you're the temple of the holy spirit so get ready you know step mm -hmm. up to that office not i don't like to use the word office but that that mantle that role, maybe, that so role. yeah yeah well, guys, this has been great. Thomas, mm -hmm. thank you so much for uh, coming up here and, and telling about your about your journey, about the ministry. It has been an honor. 
having oh, my you. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be on with you. All right. So, uh, so that's all the time we have for today, uh, guys. So thank you for those who are watching. Uh, let me just get things uh, set up here. So, like I said, if you for those who are watching, uh, here's our contact information. As Matt was um, saying, uh, we give uh, background mu music credit to KL Productions. Uh, you can reach us uh, at the email and Instagram, Telegram that we said at the beginning, uh, and even on True Social uh, we have. Yeah. So it's it's all there. Um, we try to even give it a little description on uh, on 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 below our. Uh, podcast info and all that so i'll try to do we try to we'll try to give those references as well uh i'm i'm going to add uh an email right now uh, you, if, for those who are listening it will be uh caleb meal at outlook.com i'd rather not give my other email because i got so much going on with that but caleb meal at outlook.com you can also reach me at as well okay all right so guys this has been great uh and, and for those of you who are listening, not watching, the, the primary email is outpouring underscore fellowship at proton.me. Uh, Caleb's Instagram is at Caleb underscore meal. My telegram is at Matthew 76. His true social is at Caleb meal, one word. And mine is at tech underscore freedom. All right. I just realized I didn't share this whole thing. I thought it was. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it's all right there, guys, for those who are watching. There it all is. the information's right there. So, okay. Awesome. And all that, and all that said and done, thank you guys for watching. God bless. Take care. <laughs>